Thanks for tuning in as we are continuing to study fundamentals, really have a just establish a good grasp on uh, what our fundamentals of the faith are. As we follow Jesus, what are some of these core beliefs, these core truths that uh, we've got to get right in order to have a fruitful and a growing relationship with Jesus? And so we've looked at already just kind of what the Bible is, uh, looked really unpacked the Bible, and now we're talking about who God is. Uh, this is session two, so this is kind of our second lesson on who God is. Um, just as a quick review of last week, uh, we opened this discussion by really looking at the names of God and how the names of God speak to his character. They, they reveal uh, his character by the names that he has given. And so you you had kind of a chart there that you worked through. I hope you enjoyed that, and that was a growing experience for you. You learned something, uh, learned more about who God is through that work, that exercise. But we saw how God is creator. God is all-knowing. God is a provider. God is a healer. He's Lord. He's uh, all these different things. And not that just God, you know, uh, has qualities of these characteristics or he has pieces of these characteristics, but God really defines these characteristics. They're defined in who God is uh, and he displays them perfectly as no one else does. Uh, So that's kind of how we opened our discussion of who God is today. We're going to start unpacking why we were created, uh, why we were created. And I think as we kind of uncover this and look in the scriptures as to the reasons for our creation and our being in community with God, we are going to have a deeper understanding of who God is. Uh, we see God's motivation uh, behind his actions. We see uh, his purpose for us as as a people, and we start to see a uniqueness of his nature. So all of these things... Uh, we're going to look at today and just kind of continue to peel back the layers of the onion, peel the tarp off the infield, so to speak, uh, looking into the character of God and who he is. So we're going to start with, like I said, creation. And for the majority of our time and in your lesson, uh, you're going to be in Genesis 1 as well as John 1. Uh, so before you kind of start your own study, go ahead and kind of bookmark those two passages. And throughout kind of our lesson, we'll be uh, comparing and contrasting them a little bit, as well as some other pieces of Scripture in the New Testament. But um, it's important for us to see and, and know what our current understanding of God's goal in creation was. You know, it, the Bible lists some some reasons, and I think if you just kind of ask your group or ask yourself before really diving in, um, you could have a whole lot of different answers here. It could be, you know, to rule the earth, to um, name, you know, the different animals and things in cre- that God created, uh, to worship him, uh, to have a relationship with him, God needed company. You know, th- you, could, you could come up with a whole lot of different answers. But really the main idea of that answer, the main reason of God's goal in creation was that we would bear his image, that we would bear his image. And that image, and bear it, by us bearing that image, we would give God glory. And when we say image, we really just mean bear the likeness or the resemblance of God. Um, Genesis 1, 26-27, I told you you'd be in Genesis 1 uh, for, for a good portion of this lesson. 
it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. So here's the first time we see that word. In our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. See it again. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So clearly, image has a whole lot to do with God's reasoning in creation, right? Like, yes, if you would have said to rule over the earth, rule over the livestock, you would have been correct in the reason that God created us. That is a reason, that is a responsibility God gave us uh, at bringing us into, into creation. But ultimately, his reasoning, his motive is that we would bear his image. And this is not that we physically resemble God. This, Whenever we say image, it's not like, how a, a son is the image of his parents or a daughter is the image of her parents and that you see different characteristics or features physically um, in that person that, that reminds you of their parents. It is more a reflection of the qualities of God, especially the ones that we studied last session. So uh, if you skip session one, go back and do that before you move any further. But it's a reflection of these qualities that we studied and really uh and you kind of heard us talk about glory bring god glory through our image bearing god's glory is really this is my own self definition so it's not perfect but god, whenever i think of god's glory i think of the sum of all of who god is on display to be reveled and savored and shared and enjoyed it is it is if you threw all of God's characteristics, all of God's goodness into a, into a melting pot and boiled that down into one thing, that would be God's glory. It's like the different uh, strings that are woven around the core of the ball. That that all those different strings, as they're woven into what would be a baseball, and the seams as they're sewn together to create a baseball, all of those different components into one ball, that is that is God's glory. The different components of who he is coming together as one uh, is the glory of God. And, you know, you, dif- you see different characteristics of God highlighted more than others depending on how you're seeing and perceiving his glory. But that's ultimately what it is. It's a tangible, I can see it, taste it, savor it, hear it, you know, all these different things. I can see God's glory, God's characteristics, on display in his glory. And so um, Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This was clearly our purpose. This was clearly God's motivation behind making humanity image bearers, was that his glory would be on display. John Piper says, Man was created from the beginning in God's image, that he might image forth God's glory. God is in the business of making his glory known, and especially making his glory known through his people, through humanity. And so it's clear all throughout Scripture that this isn't this wasn't just a specific task for Abraham. Uh, this wasn't just a specific task for the people of Israel. This wasn't even just a specific task for Jesus and whom God created for his glory, but you. Like each of us, you and I, God never needed us. It wasn't that God couldn't display his own glory without a people, but God loved us enough to invite us into that, to share in that responsibility. And like I said, God's glory should be 
reveled and savored and enjoyed. And so by us bearing his image, bearing the qualities of God, and sharing those, displaying his glory, the sum of those characteristics of who God is, that is something that gives us life. Like that is a fruitful, loving, enjoyable, savoring responsibility that we get to take part in. It is a gift that we get to bear God's image. It's it's like being drafted on to the to the the best team in the league. Like, man, I just feel so fortunate to get to put this jersey on and represent this team and knowing that I'm representing such a great organization, such a great team. God in his in his grace uh gave us the opportunity, lavished on us the opportunity to be image bearers of him, to share in his glory, to to show his glory, be ambassadors of that glory. Uh, all throughout the world. And really, our purpose is his image. Like, that is the whole purpose of who we are as people. It's not the career that you take part in. It's not the amount of money you make. It's not the skills or abilities that you garner. It's not the influence that you gain. Our purpose is in the image of God. And you see and we see in our society that we are plagued as people with identity issues, right? Like, who am I? What am I here for? What's my purpose? What's my calling? Like we are all plagued by identity issues brought on by our sinfulness. Like we'll talk obviously more about that. And we've touched on it over the first couple lessons, but our sinfulness has, has plagued our identity. It is, it is, um, it is cloudied what our identity is, our understanding of what our identity is. Uh, as image bearers of God. And because of that, we've tried making our own image. We've tried making ourselves into our own image, display our own image and not God's image. Uh, And that set us up for a world of hurt. All of that brought on by sin coming into the world. We are are no longer adequate image bearers of God in our state of sin. Only when we come to a saving relationship in Christ do we regain that ability to truly show God's image, truly show God's characteristics and God's character in the way we live our life. That is why you see all throughout the New Testament this reminding and encouraging uh, to to bear the image of God, to display His glory, and everything we do to display God's glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Matthew 5:16. Let your light shine among men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your 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 father in heaven. Our deeds, the things that we do, the opportunities that God gives us in our lives, that is not so that we would make our image known. It would be so that other people glorify the image of God, glorify who God is through us showing his image, through us uh, sharing the glory of God. Romans eleven thirty six, for uh, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. God is in the business of making his glory known, and it is a privilege that we as a people are invited into that to to be his image bearers. And so we see, we can see and understand more about who God is by understanding that this is what we create. We were created for everything God does and orchestrates, and puts into place, and creates, everything he does is for his glory. The difficulties that are in your life, God ultimately is in the business of caring for his glory. The the blessings that God bestows upon you, 
God is ultimately in the business of making his glory known, displaying his glory. So we see more about who God is by understanding this truth. Now, God's glory is not the glory of baseball players, of athletes, of actors, of uh, famous, any, any type of person that has any kind of influence. God's glory is specifically unique, specifically unique because of who he is. God exists as no one else will. In fact, uh, when we speak about God, God is actually three people in one, uh, often referred to as the Trinity. Uh, this is something that we are just kind of, just a preface, we're just going to breeze over this. This is uh, can be described and talked about more in your groups, um, and it is a mystery, regardless of how in-depth or knowledgeable your conversations get. This is a mystery and something we receive by faith, that, that God is three in one, three people in one. And something to kind of just start our conversation about that is we kind of breezed over part of Genesis 1, verse 26. So I quickly turn back there as we're talking about it. But did you catch in Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us, so plural, make man in our, plural, image in our, plural, likeness. So clearly, in creation, at the very beginning, God had great company, right? In the midst of creation, he wasn't alone, he's never been alone, and he had great company. And this wasn't just, you know, God and his spirit or or anything. It, this is God the Father, God the Son, in Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, present all along, even in the midst of creation. And so if you turn to John 1... John 1, 1 through 14, uh, the gospel of John, John's gospel really parallels with Genesis 1 and specifically highlights the divinity or that being like God, that quality of God, Jesus being God. He highlights that uh, through his parallel of his gospel of John 1 and in Genesis 1. Uh, I want to read it for you really quickly. Uh, John 1, 1 through 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of, of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You can hear the parallels both from what we've been discussing as image bearers of God, but also from the uh, beginning of Genesis 1, the story of creation. 
And so, you know, one of those questions is who was with God in the beginning? And clearly John says the word, the word was with God. Uh, so, and this is, this is not, by John saying the word, his audience would immediately have picked up on his, what he is alluding to. And that is uh, Jesus as the son of God, Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, and the word was so important to the Jewish people and those who are constantly studying the Torah, this first five books of the Bible that we have today, um, the Word of God was so important. It is it is the the um, the way that everything came about to be was by God's Word. It is the way God enacted creation was by His Word. Psalm thirty three six, a verse to write down and go back and look up. By the Word of the Lord, the heavens were made their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. Again, just talking about God's word, the importance of God's speech. Isaiah fifty five eleven. so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. All these things talking about the word. And so when you when we read the word uh, in John 1, God's, God's word is the dynamic force of his will. It is God enacting his will uh, in the world through his word. And this was not... Uh, the word as an as an agent of creation was not just physical, as in uh, the physicality of the world coming to be, but also spiritual. Like, see what John says in verse twelve: to, "Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God." Verse thirteen: "Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God." This is a spiritual birth. And the Word, Jesus Christ, is the agent of creation, both physically and spiritually. Um, and so this, again, this would just immediately start making clear, bold uh, claims as to who God was. And so, you know, we've been saying Jesus is the Word, and I apologize for just kind of skipping over that question, but Jesus is the Word. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is who John is referring to as the Word. And so how do we know that Jesus is the Word? How do we know that um, this is who John is talking about? And there's a couple different places in this passage that I want us to look at together that speak specifically to how Jesus is the Word. The first one is in verse 4. Verse 4, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Like we know that Jesus was the light of the world and in him was life. And he was the only one that would bear this light, shine this light into a dark world uh, to all of mankind. That is Jesus that he is referring to. In verse 8, um, talking about that John, John the Baptist is who this is referring to. Uh, John came as a witness testifying to the light. He wasn't the light himself, but came to witness to it. Uh, John, the, the, the role of John the Baptist's life was to prepare the way for the Lord, uh, to call people into repentance, ready to receive the Messiah. And so again, this is John testifying to that light that we just talked about of Jesus and preparing the world to receive him. Um, verse 9. Uh, right after that, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So that talks about not only did John testify to this light, not only was this light for all of mankind, but this light was coming into the world. And then that's uh, really the climax of this is in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Like the word incarnate, be taking on flesh, 
Um, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. This is all pointing to Jesus' life uh, and his ministry. And so you, you kind of start to see how God is father, God is creator, God is in Jesus. Jesus takes on, uh, Jesus is God. Right, and that's something. Again, we'll talk. We'll really break this down even more as we go on through the study. But uh, God is three in one. He is the Father. He is the Son or the Word, and He is the Spirit. Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen is really one of the main places that we can see all three persons of the Trinity uh, in Scripture together. And it says, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God." and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so, again, this is a, a good kind of uh, flyby of the Trinity and something more to discuss in your groups. But, um, again, we see more of who God is by understanding uh, the Trinity. And um, I think it would be easy for us as followers of Jesus to gravitate towards one of those three people more than the other. Uh, maybe we really identify with the Holy Spirit and how God is with us uh, and dwelling in us. Or maybe we really identify with Jesus, the, with, with God the Son, uh, Jesus' life and ministry. We can read about it, study it, talk about it. Maybe you really identify with God the Father, and God is this supreme being that just creates. But the more that we understand the Trinity, the more we come to know who God is, the, the better communion and relationship we can have with God. Uh, we should have a good understanding of all persons of the Trinity, all of who God is, uh, to rightly have a good and healthy and growing relationship with him. We can savor and enjoy his glory even more uh, the more depth uh, and time we spend coming to know uh, who he is. So I'll leave you with this quote um, by C.S. Lewis. It's a great quote that talks about uh, the Trinity just kind of taking God, really taking form in our Christian walk uh, and speaking to uh, who he is, uh, specifically in the Trinity. He says, what I mean is this, an ordinary, simple Christian kneels down to say his prayers. He's trying to get in touch with God. But if he's a Christian, he knows that what is prompting him to pray is also God. God, so to speak, inside of him. But he also knows that all his real knowledge of God comes through Christ, the man who was God, that Christ is standing beside him, helping him to pray, praying for him. So that the whole threefold life of the three personal being is actually going on in the ordinary little bedroom where an ordinary man is saying his prayers. God is so vast and to, to a degree is a mystery, but what a blessing it is that we can know him and he has made a way through his son Jesus to have a relationship with him and communion with him that we might bear his image and display his glory uh, for all the world to see. I pray this has been a fruitful study for you, praying for you and your own study in your groups and look forward to talking to you next time. Mm-hmm.